Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, the show where we pick a subject we want to talk about and find people we want to talk about it with. This week's topic is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, specifically the IDW series. I'm your host, uh, Scott, and joining me this week are... Kendall. Adam. Chris. And John. All right. So that's everyone we got here. For before to stop the show, we've got a little bit of housekeeping. Yes, you heard that correctly. We have a new name. We're no longer the new Level Up Entertainment podcast. It was kind of a mouthful and not very good. Level and Friends is much more accurate uh, because the show is about Level Up and our friends and we want to talk to. Uh, the other thing I want to do before we dive into the, sex, the subject, um, but it's still related, in our pinball episode, we mentioned how the Ninja Turtles got a new pinball machine. Uh, since that episode recorded and this one started recorded, uh, it has come out and Kendall and I specifically have played it. So we, let's give our report on that real quick. Uh, I think it's basically everything I could have hoped for. It would have been. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of neat modes that I haven't seen in other games. So, What so, flavor of turtles is it based on? The, the 80s cartoon. Ah, okay. All right. And they take mostly from the first five episodes, which I would argue are <laughs> the best episodes of that yeah, series. Kind of the only ones you need <laughs> of that series. Yeah. I don't really think that's a difficult argument to yeah. win. Yeah. Uh, I, it's no secret. I think that show, I loved it, loved it as a kid. It's really hard for me to go back and watch now. Um, but I think the only thing they took that's not from the first five episodes is slashes in the game. But there's so many modes and stuff we didn't even get to do. We didn't get to do any of the team ups, so we didn't get to see Casey Jones or anyone. But um, just as a, 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 as a fan of Turtles, it pulls in everything you want. As a fan of fun pinball games, there's so many modes and it's really fun to shoot. And as an operator, it's really cool because. Uh, just hold the two flipper buttons and you can set it to tournament modes. You can set it to cooperative modes. You can set it to 2v1, 2v2, 3v1. It's got so many things you can do and it's all really convenient and it looks great. I think it's another uh, Zombie Yeti one. He's a guy who did Ghostbusters and uh, Deadpool uh, and a bunch of the other recent Stern uh, pinball games and it looks great. I'm super happy with it. I think it's going to be the next one that comes to the store. Um, but I don't want to jinx it too much because there might be something even more amazing that happens, but I can't possibly fathom what it is. Well, this is pretty. <laughs> I just looked up some pictures of this bad boy here. Oh, uh, yeah. It's good. We play, We should probably shout out. We played it at a Pinball Gallery in Malvern, Pennsylvania. Um, they just got it. Since it's one of their new games, it's one of their uh, pin, like dollar per play games. Oh, it looks like there's a couple of different options for exterior art. Do you know what yours look yeah, like? Yeah, so the pro one is the one we usually get. It's the basic one. Um, the other ones have some upgrades, but it's not anything too substantial. Um, and they're usually like, you're talking differences, the differences you're paying like an extra, uh, like thousands plus dollars per machine. So it's more like if you're a collector with money to, blur, to blow, uh, kind of like a, a showpiece, but we usually get the pro ones because they're the basic game and they kind of get you what you need to get. Yeah, and that's the one we, we played, right? That's the one we played. So, so it's, it's got crazy. like the big yeah. Leonardo in the middle fighting a Mauser. Some yeah, where it's got like the whole the whole group behind him. Like uh, I think April's gotcha. on the left side. I'm looking at this limited edition one where all the, the black black metal is painted green and it's got the turtle van on the side. And oh, yeah. that, oh, oh, that, that artwork cool on the backboard is awesome. So the regular game has the turtle van too, but I know like the, the premium editions, it opens up and that's mm. where you can shoot your balls in to, to lock them. Um, which is cool, but I don't think it's <laughs> necessarily worth 
the extra thousand bucks or whatever it is. It's got the four turtles in their trench coats and hats on the front of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's a cool game. It's Like most of the best <laughs> pinball games, there's lots of little hidden stuff throughout it uh, that you have to like really like kind of like look at it and do. It, it's, I look forward to playing more of it uh, and trying to get decent at it. That said, because we play, we're the only people that played it co-op, we have like all of our scores are in it. Um, I should mention we it was unplanned. We bumped into Harry and his girlfriend. You remember Harry? We, he was the guy I was talking about it with in that pinball podcast. Um, so we all, we all played some co-op and that's a lot of fun because you guys, you share progress in between. So like, say I play first and like I lock up all that's locked for the next person, stuff like that. Oh, and everyone gets to pick their own turtle and they have different skills and you can train in it and level up and you get like more abilities and things that make them unique from each other. Level it's up, got nice a lot name of drop, Scott. Nice name yeah. drop, well, well done. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot of stuff you can sink your teeth into. Um, in fact, there's like you you can get different pizza toppings, and then there's a ninja pizza multi ball, where depending on what toppings you get, changes like how the multi ball scores and stuff. So is there's, it like the ridiculous toppings that they put on their pizzas in the oh, cartoon? Yeah, like Very much so. Yeah. <laughs> All the weird random stuff. It's it's really cool. I want to get one that's a little bit closer to us, so I can I can put some more hours into it. Um, and hopefully, it's as close as possible, which means it'd be in the store. But we'll see where we get from there. Um, but that's the housekeeping I wanted to get up to. So now that we're done talking about that part of Ninja Turtles, let's start talking about other parts of Ninja Turtles. I know we want to get into the IDW comics. I feel like there's a lot of things to talk about with it. But just so the viewers at home get a little bit of a, yeah, I want to give people a, a feel for where we're coming from uh, with Turtles so we can see. Because unfortunately, that colors your opinions of, of things going forward. Although I think I can hazard the guess that we're all fans of the IDW series before. Uh, we get into it. Um, but I can start off. I think I have a similar story to most of us. I was a little kid, Ninja Turtles were out, and it was the bomb. So I was really into it. And then the movie came out, and just, it's just something I've kept into my whole life. There was a period in the 90s where it was like the next mutation and stuff where I kind of really fell off of it. But uh, in the early 2000s, the four kids show kind of pulled me back into it. And then that's when, you know, Kendall and I met, and that was something we bonded over and just have been talking about it ever since. But uh, Kendall, why don't you tell us how you got into Ninja Turtles, if it's any different than what I just said. Oh, um, yeah, beat for beat, I'd say pretty similar. Um, yeah, the, the cartoon was great, and then it lost me, and then uh, I was lured back in by the... Uh, the Red Skies seasons, uh, and then Next Mutation came out, and yeah, that kind of not killed. very good. And then yeah, yeah same, beat for beat, same story. Yeah, Adam, how about you? It was uh, actually the story is about the same. Nineteen eighties, five years old. I have an older brother. Actually, was still collecting comics a little bit, so they got me into comics in general. And then uh, action figures. I mean, cartoon, awesome, but action figures. I mean, move over, He-Man. It was all about the action figures and the cartoon. And then, yeah, like the same thing, uh, New Mutation, Next Mutation. Yeah, that got me out. But they've been, yeah. been friends for over 30 years. And uh, I, I just love it still. It's never gone away. It better not. <laughs> how, about, how about you, Chris? Well, um, I am, uh, let's see, I think I'm, am I older than most of you guys or younger than most of you guys? What, am, what are we looking at here? I think you got me by a couple of years. Okay, I'm, I'm 39. I just turned 39. 
Uh, Turtles hit when I was a kid, and um, I I loved the cartoon. Like, was absolutely – I have a thing with things that are uniform, right? I love things that are uniform. Yeah. So like all my old Atari games, I would lo- I love the color box ones. Put all the Activision ones together, all the Atari ones together. Uh, NES black box games. Loved all that stuff too, right? It's, mm-hmm. So when the turtles come out and it's four green turtles that look the same except with the different colored masks, it just played to my neurosis and I, yeah. I fell in love and i loved the cartoon and i was i would sing the song at school with my friends and everything and and, and just had a ball with it but then the, um the, the action figures you're 100 right action figures start rolling in those things are amazing uh the movie is still my favorite movie to, the, to, this, to this day that first live action turtles movie because also big fan of anything henson and say that's your number one movie it's my favorite movie of all time. Okay. I, don't I think find it, it to be cinematic nice. perfection. It's I don't, so good. I don't think it cracks my top 10. It definitely doesn't do my top five. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's my a, favorite Turtles movie, but. I, that, that movie is just, I can never not be happy when I'm watching it. It's, I just love everything about it. I, and I love those, those suits. I, I remember being a kid watching that and, uh, my parents were watching like entertainment tonight. There was a whole behind the scenes thing on how they made those work with like the cooling tubes inside of them. And I just thought it was amazing seeing, cause you know, you grow up on the cartoon and they're like throwing hot dogs at each other. And then you get this movie and um, I had never read the comics because I didn't have any comic book shops near me when I was growing up. Um, And I get the movie and like Leonardo's using his swords and this and Raph's using his size and everything. And it was incredible. And how how serious the shredder was like, because he was a joke in the cartoon. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And Raph is going. Yeah. The first time he did that, I was like, oh, (laughs) Uh, well, the tagline was, I mean, the tagline was this ain't no cartoons. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but then the video games popped in, right? Oh the God, first dude, NES yeah. video game. And as much as that game is deeply flawed, I, I loved it. And that was kind of my first taste of the comics because my uh, my friend uh, Joey, who I played it at his house, and um, I was like, well, why are they all red? What are there four rafts? Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, in the original comics, they were all red. And that's just kind of built up this mythology in my head of what the comics would eventually be like. I was in, until I was in like my mid-20, mid to late 20s that I actually finally got a hand on a reprints of the original comics and read them. And I was astonished by how quickly they found themselves in space and stuff. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, it's that issue, <laughs> issue four. That, that cover that they use for that is the second print cover mm-hmm. of issue four. Yeah, which is totally yeah. wild. Uh, but yeah, and like Turtles in Time and, and the video games. Oh now, obviously like tur- Secret of the Ooze was also awesome, you know, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. And Vanilla Ice was totally rad at the time. <laughs> I am in Tolka and Razor. I was like, ah, oh, that's not Bebop from Rocksteady, but I get it. They're they're still pretty cool. But Turtles I, Three, man, I love Secret of the Used. That's a great flick. I, in some ways, I like it better than the first movie. In no ways do I like it better than the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. But it's it was definitely it was a step down. Like it was a bit more childish. You know, like I'm looking right now. I want to show my kids the Turtles movies, right? Because we've watched some of the 2012 series, yeah. and that's great. Um, and I really want to show them because it's my favorite movie, but I don't think they're quite ready for that one yet because it's a little, it can be a little scary. Meanwhile, um, Secret of the Use is a lot more colorful. And then oh, yeah. the Turtles and the Turtles in Time, not that was actually the well, name of the it's movie. It's just but, Ninja, Ninja Turtles 3. Yeah. We just all called it Turtles in Time because there was a very, very Because good there was an awesome video game. There was an amazing game called that at the same time. And it's both I'm about time pretty travel. sure the Blu-ray set I have right now actually calls it Turtles in Time. Well, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's like it's it's like Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, no, it's just Raiders of the that's Lost not Ark. the name of that movie, and you can't yeah. fool me. 
So, uh, yeah, Next Mutation was a big blow to me um, because I loved the idea of a live action series continuing on. But, like, I have that. I, it's, I have my VHS is right in that, that closet behind that cute pink. Uh, sorry, I'm bad at cameras. That cute pink castle back there. Yeah. There's a closet back there. And I swear there's a VHS of the coming out of their shells tour right in there. So oh, like, I, I had experience with bad Ninja Turtles and suits. But, man, that show, Next Mutation was putrid. It's, it's funny we were just talking because we were talking about music at the store earlier today and we we're talking about our first shows concerts we've been to i think this the the second tour the turtles get down in your town i think that was the first show i've ever been to wow uh, nice but all right well but that's john's how i got been, into turtles yeah. and, and john, i've loved it on and off since say so john's been very patient and he's got potentially the most different one because you're the only person here i don't think that was alive in the 90s yeah no. Uh, so how how did you get into turtles here? Um, it it pretty much started with video games, actually. Um, yeah, Scott, as you know, like I'm a, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Like as a kid, like Star Wars was everything for me. But turtles was one of those things that um, it kind of came along in a weird way. Like the the first um, run that I had with turtles was, I think the the Game Boy Advance uh, game at the time. Uh, I loved it. Like I, I played the heck out of that game. Um, but then, you know, watching the shows and growing up with the, uh, the 2003 show, which, um, was what I watched, you know, as a kid, uh, that was really awesome. Um, I think where, where I really got into it was because, um, growing up in a, in a family that was from North Jersey and loving, uh, like sports teams from New York and, and whatnot, like the Yankees, Knicks and, and all those teams, um, being that they were superheroes from New York under the sewers, you know, it was just something that I just loved. I think it was just the whole atmosphere of it. Yeah, uh, I will say, um, I that two K three show was really good, and it pulled mm-hmm. a lot from the original comics, um, which was which was nice because I didn't know there was comics I, until, as I remember the NES game. I also had that. I was like, wow, they look really mean. What's with like all the red? I thought they just colored them wrong, like they did in the show all the time. <laughs> um, but it wasn't until high school, I think, we we were talking about. Uh, that we discovered the original comics and the first issue I think might be my single favorite comic book like issue of all time. Um, okay. It's, it's really good. Uh, the original Mirage books, I love them, but like they're really inconsistent uh, in quality. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good segue into like some of our favorite and least favorite uh, iterations. I think my favorite one might have to, it's hard to pick one. But as much as my heart wants to say the, the 80s cartoon, I think it's the 2003 cartoon. Because it's kind of the best of both worlds at the time. It pulls a lot of the, pulls the best stuff from the Mirage comics. It, it has enough nods and references to, the, to other media, but it still does its own thing. And my least favorite is easily Next Mutation. Uh, that is the most unwatchable Turtles thing I think that exists. Uh, but Kendall, what's your favorite and least favorite? Uh, so, I think, and this might be blasphemy, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to say my most favorite iteration is the uh, recently concluded 2012 cartoon. Okay. Um, Solid choice. I haven't watched yeah. enough of it. It's so good. It, yeah. it pulls from uh, Mirage from the 80s cartoon it pulls from like all of your favorite movies. Um, 
it just like is a very rich universe in five seasons and great characterization and uh, character development for the the turtles and like their their extended family. Um, the design is great too. They made them all so unique visually um, and not in a bad way. Uh, I liked how Splinter was physically imposing. That show did so much right. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Probably my favorite Splinter by far. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's just so good. That He's so good in that. Yeah. He's yeah. like bordering Uncle good. Iroh levels of good. Like well, he's, he's good. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into Uncle Iroh's Splinter comparisons a little bit later. Yeah, I, know yeah. I had a conversation when, the other day when we were hanging out talking turtles. Uh, I, I, I've only seen sparse episodes. Kendall, the only episodes I've ever seen are the episodes you've showed me of it. So I need to actually sit down and, uh, with Hulu or something and watch them. Um, that's the, I, from what I've seen of it, I think if I watch the whole show, I might pick it as my favorite as well. But because I haven't seen it, I will say the, three, the, the 2K3 show gets really bad by the end. It kind of loses its mind. Yeah, this show, it ends when it, when it should end. Okay. Um, for sure. Um, and of course, my least favorite, even a, even a crossover with uh, Power Rangers couldn't save it. Next mutation yeah. is. Oh yeah, it's 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 rough. Uh, Adam, how about you? Oh well, I'm going to go back with the original series just because when I was a kid. But I'm really loving the the current uh, you know IDW series. That's and a good pick, yeah. It's got a little bit of everything, too, but the 2012, that is an awesome series, so definitely watch that, Scott. They even got the, did you guys see the, the Halloween episodes where they got, where they're all just as the monsters, too? I mean, that was, oh, and that's a, is that a reference to the toy line, then? Yeah, they even do toy line ones. They go all over the place. And I got the, I got to watch it. The old ones, too, uh, the, tw- the 2003, uh, Turtles Forever, that's an awesome movie. Yeah. Love that. Uh, and of course, the worst one is going to be, you know, Next Mutation. Also, the Christmas special. The oh, I forgot about those. Oh, oh yeah, rap rap. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Sorry, but that's the worst. <laughs> well, the the franchise as a whole, I think we can agree, is a is a series of great peaks and valleys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're very high and they're whoop, very low. I don't think there's much that's in the middle now that we're thinking about it because mm-hmm. the stuff that I like is good and the stuff I don't like is really bad. Yeah, that's um, kind of how I feel. Chris, are you feeling any different than the rest of us here? Well, my favorite, I, I would agree. My favorite is uh, definitely the IDW series. Um, and and be, like, it's a close run between that and the 2012 series, right? The 2012 series knocked my socks off. I mean, the first, the first episode had, like, when they first tasted pizza, I literally laughed out loud. Like, that was a legit funny moment. Uh, but the, the current, the IDW run has just been, it's been shocking. It's been amazing how they've pulled in and reinvented all these different characters. Uh, I mean, I never thought I would enjoy stuff with the neutrinos as much, but like there they were and I dig it. I, I, I find the continuity amazingly well done. It's just built a wonderful world and how they've, they made uh, Splinter in such a, uh, to such an interesting and, and flawed character. I, I wasn't sure about the whole reincarnation angle at first, but um, they it really grew on me, and I think it's it's my favorite, and I mean least favorite. <laughs> yeah. Next mutation. Next mutation, and yeah. if if only because like 
another one of my favorite iterations is I don't want to say movie turtles because there's such different you no know, well not different animals they're still turtles but I mean, yeah in the first movie they're so different from what they are in two and then three and which yeah, I think so, yeah. isn't next mutation technically a continuation of that universe it like has, isn't that in continuity not really because shredder doesn't make any sense in it that's true yeah <laughs> Huh, but like, it, but they're clearly in the layer that's supposed to be like that subway layer. I will say the subway subway layer is probably their coolest layer. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty awesome. I liked that oh. a lot. But uh, how about you, John? Favorite, least favorite? Um, my favorite is definitely the, the 2003 um, one. It's it's tough because I, I really like the um, you know the 90s show too. But um, between like the toy line, the video games, um, and also I forgot the name of the episode, but. Uh, my favorite episode from that one was like the collaboration between like the the nineties um uh you know turtles and then like the two k three turtles and yeah it was uh, turtles forever um, yeah 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 turtles forever that was um that was really awesome um so that's probably my favorite is two k three but my least favorite is actually the uh the michael bay movies they're okay uh, they're not as bad as the, yeah it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be, but I had very low expectations. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't think that's them. what um, makes them but, so bad is that yeah. they're, it's not that they're worse than Next Mutation. They're just a little bit more insulting. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I might have to change my answer, though. <laughs> yeah. My least favorite is... I find, I find them more watchable than, I, than Next Mutation. I find Next Mutation like unbearable. And at least Michael Bay gave us Bebop and Rocksteady on the in the in and the big screen finally. Finally, there yeah. are redeeming qualities which you cannot that's, that's say for an Mutation. <laughs> there, yeah, there's because like, at least I like some of the turtles in those movies. Uh, I don't like any of them in Next Mutation. Um, and the costumes are just like you can see they all you can see all of their eye holes for the actors. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> it's just <laughs> so gross. It's just bad. Um, but all right, so we, if anyone hasn't read the IDW comics, we all want you to read them. They're great. We have the trades, and if we're out of them at the store, we can order them for you. Get your hands on them. So very quickly, I want to do some spoiler-free impressions. Um, obviously, a couple of people picked it as their favorite uh, Turtles iteration, and that's fair. I, it's up there for me. It would be a contender. Um, it's really good. Uh, right off the bat, like they do say that they, I had some issues with it off the bat, like. We mentioned they, they do some stuff with reincarnation that I wasn't necessarily a fan of at first. I had my trepidations with it because it's, it's pretty different how it starts. Um, but once you kind of get into that, they definitely go and do their own thing, and it's really, really cool. But I'll give everyone else a chance to kind of give their as spoiler-free impressions as we can, and then we're going to spoil and just talk about our favorite parts from issues uh, 1 through 100 because um, they're up to – as of the recording for this um, – Issue 106 has not come out yet, but as you guys listen to this, this will, it will be coming out uh, that same week that this uh, episode goes live. Um, but yeah, so if, I'll throw it to the floor here. Uh, Adam, if you want, since you were the first person to pick it. As sure. Your um, well, if you haven't read the series, you got 100 plus issues to read, so get to it. But I mean, I, I started right off the top, uh, you know, when it came out August, it was 2011. And it's just it's just a great series. I mean, you get a little combination of all the series combined, a nice uh, uh, you know emulsion of everything. But then they do their own thing on top of it. But uh, it's it's just a great ride. I mean, if I had one little disc, sometimes there's a little more talking than action, just a little bit. But overall, great storytelling, great uh, you know iterations of everything, and they keep you going. 
So, I mean, I want, I want this to go, I mean, when they got to 74 issues, that was a big mile. Well, 73 was a big milestone. So to be at a hundred plus now, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then great, you know, splinter shredder stuff, not going to throw anything. And then just great bringing in all the different characters and, and then some new characters like old Hob. I mean, what? Yeah. Oh, Hob is awesome. He's really He's, grown on me. I didn't necessarily like him at first because we'll get into that when we get into spoilers, right. but he, mm-hmm. he, you are introduced to him in the first issue. Yeah. I don't uh, think but, you're supposed to like him. Yeah. <laughs> But just, just, just awesome all around, and then so many micro and macro series to read too. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, there's a lot. There's, even though, even though we say there's, they're up to issue 106. There's way more issues than that because yeah, probably close it, to 200. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of side series and stuff there because they, they usually give. There was uh, TMNT Universe for a little while where they which was uh, the series they could give for like their side characters. They do like a, a lot of limited series. They did a couple of micro series for both heroes and villains. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. It's all good. I would say you don't necessarily have to read all of that to enjoy the main series, but it'll definitely help no. flesh out their world. Yeah, because none of it's throwaway stuff, uh, which is which is cool because they all has some sort of even minor ramifications on the rest of the things. Even the wacky crossovers like Ghostbusters and Batman, like they they oh, call back to that stuff. The which Ghostbusters is really cool. ones are, are referenced. The Ghostbusters ones are super important in the Ghostbusters series. Oh, really? Oh yeah, because because that's how they get like a transdimensional portal, and all of their mm. like things after that kind of are because of that technology, and they <laughs> reference the turtles and stuff uh, from there on out. But that's I do great. know they, they, they Michelangelo does reference a conversation he has with Venkman in the main series mm-hmm. after that uh, after the second one. Uh, but we'll get into that because I have a lot to say about that because uh, <laughs> turtles and Ghostbusters are like my biggest jams. Um, <laughs> But yeah, if anyone else has any kind of imp- impressions they want to give off before we get jump into spoilers, uh, now's the chance. Uh, but I, I think, definitely want to yeah. chime in and say how how impressed I am with how emotionally resonant the series is. Yeah. When the series starts, Raph is separated from the group, and I mean, I don't think it's much of a spoiler to say that he's eventually reunited with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some real heavy-hitting emotional moments in this book that really just they they deliver in ways that. Um, you don't get out of stuff like even stuff that's as good as uh, some of the older cartoons. Um, This, this book is so remarkably well-written and 90% of the time well-drawn that you really care about the turtles, Um, not just because they're cool, not just because you want to read the awesome action sequences, because you give a crap what happens to them and the people around them. Uh, And that was, that's one of the things that impresses me so much about this book on the regular uh, it, it impressed me a lot in the, the 2012 series too, but really this book hits that a lot harder. Um, I, just, I think it's an important thing not to overlook. Like their motivations are true and uh, they're, they're so well-written that it, it, the book definitely moves me more often than other books that I read. So I think it's a really good selling point to this book is like, it's not just Ninja Turtles beating up the Foot Clan. There's, there's so much more to it. It's very meaty and there's a really a lot of rewarding reading in this book uh, just because it's, it's a good story uh, and it's incredibly well told. Yeah. I was going to say that is true. They are, it's going to sound funny because they're turtles, but they're, they're written like real people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, yeah, they're, they're not that they were ever treated as real, not real characters before, but like, honestly, in terms of comics in general, this is one of the few rare, like, you know, long series uh, comics were like, the characters grow and change like that doesn't really happen with spider-man or batman you know 
um, especially for books that don't get, you know, they get a hundred plus issues. Um, yeah, stuff changes and like the character, they, they grow and change and like. Yeah, the characters have an arc. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when Michelangelo is sad, that's sad, you know, because oh, it's, it's Michelangelo. It's the yeah, yeah. He's the, he's so happy. He's the, the, he's the go, levity Mikey. of the group. And then uh, he's, he's the party dude, but man, sometimes thing, he gets his feelings hurt and it's, they convey that so well of how he's, he's just got this childlike innocence to him. And you know, you see his heartbroken. It's, it's heartbreaking to read. And that's not the easiest thing to convey without coming off too heavy handed or coming off childish or coming off melodramatic. Uh, it, it's, it's just straight up dramatic. It's very, very well done. Well, if you guys are cool with that, uh, I'm ready to jump into spoilers and we can talk about some of that cool stuff we just alluded to. So real quick, if you got, if you're watching or listening and you haven't read the series, uh, Stop right now, go buy it, or you know, just go get your go get your mitts on it. Go to your library, whatever you do to read it. It's it's highly recommended if you're a Turtles fan, and even if you're not, I think it stands on its own as just a good piece of comics. Um, but yeah, let's get into the full spoilers. We might as well start at the beginning. Um, so the Turtles and Splinter are now the reincarnations of Hamato Yoshi and his four sons, which was a little off-putting for me at first. I was like, I don't know if I like that. Um, but in their when they mutated from the same canister, there was a cat that was trying to eat them. To Splinter, clawed his eyes out and now or his eye out, and now he's he becomes like one of their villains named Old Hob. Um, so that's kind of what the beginning is about. Raphael got like separated from them; has been on his own for a while, and they've been looking for him. Um, that's just kind of how the series starts. Um, like I said, I wasn't super into it at first. I was pretty. I've seen them rebooted so many times and it's just like, I'm like, all right, what are you doing new? I'm like, I wasn't really sure what I was liking at first. I don't know how you guys felt about it at first. I was in love with it right away. I don't my, I see. I know a lot of people with rise of the TMNT were complaining like, that's not the Ninja Turtles or even with the Michael Bay movies. Like that's not the Ninja Turtles. Like I don't mind if they mess around with things as long as it's delivered with heart. And that was my problem with the the Michael Bay movie, or I keep calling it Michael Bay movie. It was he doesn't really produce the darn things, but whatever. Yeah, well, it, it's got his look all over. Exactly, and the turtles were monsters. There was literally, yeah. they were literal horrifying monsters, and that was just an intrinsic betrayal of what those characters are because they're supposed to be kind, and it just seemed wrong. Um, and so I, with the whole to, reincarnate, no, go ahead. To be fair, real quick. If there was man-sized turtles, they would be terrifying to look at. Oh God, they would be. That's yeah. that's why if you're going to adapt this into live action, you've got to do it with a, a, a you've got to do it really carefully. You got to do it with a genius like Henson backing you because real ninja mutant turtles would be horrifying monsters. But there's a reason that they've never been drawn like that is because that's not that, that's not the point. But either way, when they when they did this with the reincarnation thing, I thought it was a I thought it was a weird angle. But um, the characters themselves were so interesting and so well written, it didn't bug me because I mean, change what you want as long as you're as long as you're doing it with heart, and also the fact that it's Kevin freaking Eastman, right? He can yeah. do what he wants. <laughs> if he I, says I, this is where the character's origins now, well, I hope I'd argue. I will say that's probably one of the strengths of the series is like Kevin Eastman's been involved. He's one, you know, Eastman and Laird are the two creators of the series. He's been involved with with the entire series. I think they've had, have they had multiple writers on the main series? I know all of the side series have a different creative team. 
Um, I feel like it's as it has, it's been Eastman in a couple of different writers. I think I could, but be, I, but I, I feel like crazy. I feel like it might. I mean, it might be Eastman. It might be editorial. But some, it feels like there's been like a guiding hand throughout the whole run. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be fair, because we'll talk about this later. Because again, this is one other thing Kendall and I are very passionate about. I like giving me something new. I just wasn't sure it. The book was the book didn't wasn't hitting me like 100 percent right off the bat. Because I think they also did the thing where like uh, April named them and stuff. It seemed like a lot of stuff they were they were changing for the sake of the movie because that's kind of their movie origin for those Michael Bay movies. And I was just like, oh, I don't know, but I stuck with it. And here I am, you know, 106 issues later. Um, and I, I've gotten I it's one of the few books I've gotten. You know, like I said, it came out in 2011. You know, 10 years. I don't even collect Spider-Man or Batman like that. You know. The, the thing with the red bandanas too. I love that. I love the red bandanas. I loved that. Um, uh, yeah, that was a fun nod to the original series. But uh, I don't know if you throw the other guys. How did you think about how it started? Like, um, my first impressions. Uh, I wasn't. You know, I was entertained, but nothing blew me away until the big reveal of the reincarnation. Um, not sure how early that happens, but, you know, everything seems kind of like, okay, yeah, like things are a little different, which like you said, I I like. Uh, turtles are very versatile and in the, in the stories they can tell anyway, and I like seeing new things happen with them. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I loved the red bandanas. I loved Raph being separate from them at the beginning. Kind of gives more, uh, you know, more of a reason for his, you know, brooding nature. Yeah. I, I, I will say the, the Raph thing made me a little nervous because I know Kevin Eastman's involved. And every time Kevin Eastman writes Turtles, it's just a, the Raph show. And I was like, oh, is this going to be – that's kind of, I think, where I was a little like, because uh, some of the worst Ninja Turtles comics from Mirage are ones he wrote himself, oh. in, in my opinion. Uh, listen, I love the original series and stuff. There's some great issues of it, but, like, a lot of it's stinkers. And you talk about they never portrayed them realistic. Uh, they definitely did in some of the old comics. I've got them in, in my comics. I don't have them dug out. I'll pull them out right now. But uh, – <laughs> They're they're pretty scary looking, um, but uh, yeah. So uh, again, I didn't really like reread the series to refresh my memory for this. But like, I think I remember the next. So one of the next big things I know they did because uh, IDW was doing the Infestation crossovers. So they were doing the Infestation two like Cthulhu ones, mm. with, like all of their licensed things kind of dealt with, like these like Cthulhu uh, things. Um, so it was a little disappointing that they didn't get to meet like GI Joe and some of those other books but uh they eventually did meet the ghostbusters uh which is super exciting um i think that was it issue 50 uh was the big fight like the big confrontation with shredder right that yes. City Fall? yeah that was the big one All right, city well, fall happened before uh city fall was like the first big event yeah that was around uh, like 25 right yeah, I think so. Because it seems yeah, to be like every 25 that? issues or so, there's a big kind of a, yeah. a shakeup. Um, but I, I will what say... What was that story arc called? I was going to drive you nuts. <laughs> it's going to drive me nuts, too. I'm just going to push past the, it. The gauntlet? 
Oh, yes, that's what it's called. The Gauntlet. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, before that, they did introduce Bebop and Rocksteady into this. And this is something I didn't realize. Uh, Kendall pointed out to me, in the lead-up to issue 100, they were doing like kind of recaps and interviews with, with Kevin Eastman and the creative teams that worked on the books uh, as they were leading up to it. So Bebop and Rocksteady in this are a little bit different than what we normally are used to them have. They're much more like, like thuggish goons. Um, and apparently... Mm-hmm. That's how, because they. I thought they were invented for the the '80s show. Apparently, uh, Kendall, you want to tell the story because you're the one that told me this. I, I'm kind of stealing your, your spotlight here. No, uh, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah, like you said, in the lead up uh, to issue 100, uh, when Eastman was discussing the uh, the introduction of uh, Bebop and Rocksteady to the new series. He said that they uh, that they were closer to how they were originally envisioned for a uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, pen and paper role playing game. So that prompted me to start hunting down all these uh, role playing game books. I haven't been able to find one with them in it yet, but well, I guess that's a good segue. Uh, uh... We are definitely planning a session of it. I came up with my character. Uh, it's, so we're going to go off on tangent here. Uh, it's a hockey-playing beaver named Knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> I'm super stoked to play him. I was, hope, I was trying to come up with a, 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 an animal to be that's like not inherently like, like an elephant, like something that's super strong and tough. I wanted to be something that's kind of like offbeat. And then I, once I came up with the name, I was like, perfect. I'm moving ahead. I'll do it with a Canadian accent. Uh, I'm very excited to, to, to play that. The tabletop game, though, does look very confusing. It looks way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyway, yeah. So I, I thought that you all want to play, come on yeah. and uh, talk we, to Scott. <laughs> we might live stream that uh, if you guys want to talk about what kind of mutants you want to be. But, um, but yeah, so it was interesting to learn to be Bob and Rexy because I didn't know they were from the – I knew the RPG existed because in the old comics there's ads for it. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I didn't know they were in the, the, the RPG. I thought that was really cool. But I do know they were in the Gauntlet uh, before, before then. But uh, so how the Gauntlet worked is uh, obviously they've been building up for, for a confrontation with the, the Foot Clan. And eventually they, they Splinter and uh, Shredder, who they know they knew each other in their past lives. Um, so there's like a big history. They used to be part of the Foot Clan together. And um, they were kind of brothers and then, you know, betrayal and whatnot happened. And Splinter and Shredder is the one that killed the original incarnations of the, of the uh, Hamato family there. Um, so they're leading up to that. And uh, Splinter challenges him to this one-on-one honorable duel for leadership of the Foot Clan, murders the Shredder and becomes leader of the Foot Clan and was a pretty huge status quo change for the rest of the series um and i didn't really see that coming and i thought that was really cool actually that was that was uh after leonardo joined the foot clan too right yeah yeah that was yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was a shocker that was yeah. wild uh which is in crazy but that's where they're playing with the 
Oh, did Donatello die before then too? I kind of forget. No, that was 43 or 44. Yeah, so it was right about there where uh, Bebop Rocksteady just beat him oh, to that death was with so a brutal. sledgehammer. Yeah, that sledgehammer was a Sledgehammer through the shell. That was I'll, so hard. I'll oh. be honest with you. At the time, a pretty big part of me was like, I think they killed him for real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was so brutal. And I was like, oh, wow. And then like, they show him talking to their mother in like the afterlife. I'm like, is he not coming back? I'm like, he's oh. my favorite turtle. So that like, was really hurting me. That was really hurting. It, me. it was one. There's, it's one of the many moments in the the comic where I was like, oh my god. Um, I mean, I guess spoiler where he where he gets better, but uh, <laughs> well, because you know the the I, the image series, you know, volume three, like uh, he got something similar happened to him and he kind of became like a cyborg and like they weren't afraid to like kill or damage the characters, you know, Adam, I know well, they put him in yeah. Fugitoid's body, right? Is that what they did? No, they, it was this metal, uh, metal, metal head. It was metal head, not Fugitoid. Yeah. Right. Fugitoid yeah. was the one who helped him with the technology, right? Yeah. To do yeah. that. Yeah, the Fugitoid, let's, yeah. let's talk about Fugitoid at some point. Just want to throw yeah. that out there. That whole <laughs> reveal of Fugitoid, that knocked my socks off. Oh yeah, where he was really their uh, Professor Harold or whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Not, not was, Harold. Was not Harold. What was that guy's name? He I don't even Chet. remember. Yeah, Chet. Chet. That yeah, was yeah. it. Chet. Harold. Yeah. How could you forget Chet? No, I, I was, yeah. I was reading Harold's the main stories. Guy. I was yeah. working at a comic book store at the time. I'm reading the main main story, and I'm telling all my everybody. Everybody would listen. Shout out from the rooftops. Read this freaking book it's so good yeah. and then you got to read the micro series like oh, do i have to read the micro series i'm like you get to the future toy micro series you're going to want to read the micro series trust me that book is important well, the future oh, toy's funny in general because the future toy predates the turtles and it was supposed to be eastman and laird's big comic and then they just doodled a ninja turtle thought it was funny and made this gag comic and that blew up so they're like we'll throw the future toy <laughs> in it real fast um it just became like a, a side character and then this joke series they came up with. Um, it was a play on Daredevil, right? It was supposed yeah, to be that, a- yeah, because oh, yeah. their origins, the exact same origin, you just continue to follow the canister, it bounces mm. off yeah. the kid's face, uh, and it goes into the sewers. Um, They're fighting the foot instead of the hand. Uh, foot instead of the hand. It's, it's stick. Once you know what it is, yeah, stick and splinter. Once you know what it, it, the, that it's that, it's pretty obvious. Sounds like but a like as, club for podiatrists. Yeah. But like, I oh keep asking God. for it. It's not happening, but I keep asking for it. Daredevil and Team and Team. I know. I'm shocked. How has that, that not happened? happened? Yeah, yeah. How has that not happened? That's I don't think Marvel's happens. doing crossovers anymore or, or something, right? Something. Yeah, Marvel hasn't done anything. Marvel hasn't been cool in a while. <laughs> oh, sweetie, I can't right now. I'm, I'm, Come on, Marvel. You can do it. Come on. Yeah, give us the crossover. It's cool that they've met Batman now because, you know, uh, animal-themed street vigilantes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, with, with like ninja training which i guess let's talk about those real fast oh my god i love the first one was everything i wanted a crossover between the two to be the turtles and Sh- splinter and shredder and the, some of the foot clan get stuck in batman's world and like so you get to see them fight a bunch of batman villains the batman villains get mutated into like mutant animals of them like versions of themselves that was wild oh so happy it was like everything i wanted it to be and then they did two more <laughs> crossover yeah. series which was i was also stoked and the they last, had uh, yeah. and Batman the Animated Series and the 2012 cartoon do a crossover. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one, I really like Oh, yeah, that. I got that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's the one that's easy to forget about. Because uh, the other one, because they did two more of the, 
I don't want to say adult ones, but like the you know, comic the ones, book ones. The yeah, one yeah. with like the one with like the, the, yeah, the, their their main comic book. Yeah, the comic continuities. Yeah. yeah. And the movie wasn't bad too. The Batman versus TMNT. I haven't watched that. I enjoyed yet. the movie. It's, yeah, it's basically the first one. Pretty, pretty, pretty close to it. it was fun. Yeah, they they changed some stuff. Uh, the one thing that's nice about that is you get to see Batman mutate. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it yet, you should definitely watch it. Hmm. The one thing, the one nitpick I don't like about it is I don't like the art style. The turtles look like Homestar Runner characters to me. <laughs> and it, uh, now but, I need a Turtles Homestar crossover. But the, my favorite part of the series is during the end credits. If you haven't seen it, I will not spoil it here. Um, so definitely watch it. I want, I want those. I want the end credits to be real so bad, uh, in the worst way possible. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun series. Uh, basically, uh, if you see Ninja Turtles and it says IDW on it, buy it. it it's, it's gold. The speaking of the side series, they, they gave Bebop and Rocksteady two of them. The first one, Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. They destroy the entire multiverse, which I think, Kendall, you were telling me now links together. The original Mirage books and like all of the different versions of it. Yeah. So in the second uh, Ninja Turtle annual, it um, it reveals that uh, Rennet in the IDW continuity is the same Rennet as the Mirage continuity. Hmm. And then in the Bebop and Rocksteady crossover, uh, you actually see Bebop and Rocksteady travel to. Uh, one of the issues of Tales of TMNT, Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, and they like give birth to like the multiverse. To well, to the IDW yeah. Ninja Turtle universe. So, in each world they go to in it, it's got a completely different artist on it. But when they go to that issue specifically, it's in black and white, and the turtles are all wearing like are the only color is they're wearing red because it's the IDW comics. Even though in the actual comics about they were it was just black and white, but they all were wear, supposed to be wearing red in it, um, which was a really cool touch. I remember because that's like the first thing you see in that first issue, and I was like, "Oh, this is really cool!" And like that was a really fun series. And they got a dinosaur companion. They have a anchovy. Anchovy, yeah, they have a dromaeosaur, like a Jurassic oh, Park style velociraptor. <laughs> Not really a velociraptor. It's a thing like that. I'm very very particular. Well, the turtles get a protoceratops. Yeah, uh, pepperoni. pepperoni. Yeah, which is <laughs> super cute, especially when she has her little Ninja Turtle bandana on. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny when they go back in time, they uh, they create Leatherhead. The turtles and the the turtle the, the little four shot that they did. I thought really? Leatherhead came from uh, that island that uh, the Burno Island that the Technodrome's yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, terraforming. I but mean, maybe they did. I, I don't thought. remember. Yeah. <laughs> but um. Yeah. Speaking uh, yeah. of the Technodrome. Oh yeah, it's in this. <laughs> <laughs> Krang's really cool in this. Um, in fact, they referenced Charel, which is the Utram Shredder from the Two K Three show. I think he just came, showed up more recently in the comics as like the ultimate evil Utram after Krang. I am really interested to see where things are going with Krang right now with Leatherhead. Yeah, yeah, well, that's well, disturbing. Well, and say, Kendall, you read, you read up to issue 100 now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess we should mention uh, Leatherhead also hates Krang. Uh, I think issue 75, they. Yeah, they, 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 they Yeah, we find they finally capture Krang because the, the 
they, they, the citizens of Dimension X want to put him on trial because Krang is like kind of a galactic uh, war criminal, gen- genocidal war criminal um, who's been conquering planets and stuff. So they're putting him on trial. Uh, I think they find him. Doesn't he get off or something? Then that's why Leatherhead is like uh, <laughs> nuts to this and just eats him. I don't yeah. think so. Something like yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, so it's a brilliant ending. Oh, amazing. I loved it. Well, it turns out Crank's it's not the st- ending. Crank's kind of still alive in him, and it's really creepy and weird. And I don't want to get into it too much because we haven't really touched on it again since. I know the upcoming issue, he's on the cover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I assume he'll be in and it. It's gross, and it makes me so sad because, like, I kind of like Leatherhead. And- this version of Leatherhead was really cool. I kind of dug him. I dug yeah. him so much becoming. Becoming like an anti-hero, like, you know, Venom Lethal Protector a little bit. He was pretty scary when he was first introduced, too. That was, like, yeah. a great oh, yeah. horror comic. A hundred percent agree. He's very yeah. imposing. And, you know, because when you think back to uh, my initial impressions of Leatherhead is, you know, a cowboy hat and I guarantee. And yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is a pretty different uh, animal. But also, shout to the 2012 series, Leatherhead was also... Uh, pretty spectacular, but the um, yeah, this comic book version of him, I loved it when he just chomped down Krang. I was just like, oh, oh, oh got that. Just thinking about eating a Krang is like, oh, yeah. Ugh. But <laughs> oh, it probably wiggles on the way down and stuff too. Yeah. But uh, oh yeah, no, that was a great. Sorry, I'm saying eating a Krang because that's a it that was yeah. such a weird thing they did in the 2012 show where they made the species Krang. Yeah. At first, I hated it, but after five minutes of listening to him to him talk, I was like, now nah, you you can have it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I gotta watch more of that show. Like the stuff I've seen is great. I love the Usagi because I'm also a big Usagi fan. Hmm. So the Usagi Ujimbo uh, crossovers in it was really good. They he, of course he met the IDW versions. But since it's the same Usagi that's always existed, he's never had different continuity, at least in comics. He know he remembers meeting the Mirage ones and like there are different versions of them that he met, which was interesting. And, and, I loved that. Nah. Yeah. Because it's such a th- so easily they could have just like ignored that. Yeah, just did it again, whatever. I wouldn't yeah. have complained if they did that, but it's cool that they kept it uh, the same. I missed that of, series. Yeah. That was kind of before I had... That was before I had everything ironed out with you guys giving me my comics, yeah. and I totally missed the Usagi books. And I'm like, I've never gone back to try to find them. I love the Usagi series. It's it's now that it's at um oh god, is it that image now? It's at IDW. IDW, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. IDW. All right, let's talk real quick because this is this is obviously an IDW thing. I think IDW has been killing it with the licensed books. Ooh, They're basically yeah. the new dark horse. Because um, basically everything I've read from them that's based on a property that you have any interest in has been good. Um, which I guess, speaking of, they've been doing the Ghostbusters comics and the Turtles got to meet them. And it was, again, everything I kind of wanted it to be. Uh, the first issue. Um, so the Turtles, they've had like this pantheon of gods that have been kind of like playing with their world a little bit. Crazy um, awesome Rat- reinvention of the Rat King. Yeah, the Rat King's one of them. Um, so anyway, one of them got stuck in the ninja, uh, got stuck in the, the, the Ghostbusters universe. And because he's there, like he's got different powers and they're more like ghostly and like ethereal. Um, so anyway, I forget how the turtles wind up there. I know it's like with a trans dimensional portal. Um, maybe they were fighting him and they went through it. I think that's what happened. But they have, they, they have to work with the Ghostbusters to try to figure out how to get back to him. But they come up with like, like tactile, like, uh, proton thing so the turtles can fight ghosts that this guy summons 
eventually the Ghostbusters trap him and then just teleport him into the middle of space. Because if they put him in the containment unit, he'd be able to get out. But whenever the Pantheon meets, they mentioned that that character is not missing and nobody knows where he is, which is really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love that crossover. Um, it's something I've obvious as a, I was born in 1986. I've been wanting that crossover for most of my life. <laughs> and uh, I was glad to have it delivered. And I'm glad it was good because we, like you said, we had a Ninja Turtles Power Rangers crossover and it wasn't good. Fortunately, we just got a new one, which I don't think everyone here is finished or read. So I won't go to spoilers on that, but it's pretty good. I will point out it's a, it's not the IDW continuity turtles. They kind of just invent, like invented them as if they existed in the boom Power Rangers world, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, to, according yeah. to the, Power Rangers canon, the turtles do exist in their world. Yeah. But, so, uh, it, it yeah, works. It, it's good because it lets them do more things with the turtles because, like, they can use Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady. And, like, I, I think the Technodrome shows up at one point in it because they mentioned Dimension X. Um, so they're, they're, they let them play with some cool stuff. They're, they're a little bit more like the 80s turtles. Um, but that one's really cool. It's, it's kind of – it hits a lot of the, the, the big – things you would want to hit in a crossover with them. You know, you get some Megazord action, you get giant mutants and stuff. So it's, it's fun. Um, but yeah, so back to the IDW books. Uh, yeah, lots of crazy stuff happens in it. They're not afraid to do uh, twists and turns. I like that Hob became leader of the Mutanimals, which are from the ID, uh, not the IDW, the Archie comic series, uh, which is really cool. They made Mondo Gecko, even though he kept that silly name, they made him pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's never he was never one of my favorite characters uh, it is cool in the, the, the 2012 series that his voice actor is the original Michelangelo hmm. um, but yeah I, I don't know I'm kind of leading I'm kind of dominating this if there's any moments I missed that you guys want to talk about um, feel free to tell me to shut up and I'll, I'll get out of the way for you <laughs> I geez the amount of moments were I mentioned the Fugitoid thing. That was a yeah. that was a huge shock for me. Um, I loved um, the the the, the attempted brokered peace between Karai and Splinter. I thought was oh, fascinating. Was I really yeah. loved that con the, all those conversations that they had trying to to broker peace between the clans. We mentioned Splinter taking over the Foot Clan. That was huge. Uh, the split between the family, uh, where they where they you know splintered off and made the <laughs> yeah. uh, made their own. Uh, <laughs> I just, that wasn't even on purpose. But they uh, they created Clan Hamato. Um, Jenica was a really. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know that's is that. I don't even remember what issue that was where that really happened. So I don't know if that's past what we're talking about, but just that character was like eighty five okay. or something like that. Yeah. Say, so, well, she showed up earlier in the series because she was. I think. They might have even introduced her. I think they introduced her when Leonardo was in the Foot Clan uh, as just yeah. like another tune-in. Mm -hmm. But she kind of became uh, Splinter's like, Splinter kind of became her mentor in the Foot Clan. Um, so she kind of looks up to him like kind of the same way the Turtles do a little bit, mm -hmm. even though like he's kind of quite literally their father now. Um, but I love that she, she was an interesting character beforehand. She started dating Casey Jones a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, obviously in the lead up to issue 100, uh, did they call it City at War? Because I know that's the classic Turtles. Yeah, I think they that's call what they it called City it, yeah. at War. Yeah, yeah, where all of the different factions kind of go to war with each other over 
Karai and Splinter not being able to come to terms. Like Splinter was trying to give up leadership of the Foot Clan for Karai because he wanted to reconnect with the Turtles, um, which was also really interesting. Um, but uh, we should probably set up that the reason that they, they couldn't come to a, an impasse is they saved a bunch of the turtles saved a bunch of orphans and the only place that had the resources to take care of them were the foot but like they want that they kind of put their foot down no pun intended. Yeah, there's gonna nice be a lot job. of this that they weren't gonna make them into nin ninjas because that's what they were supposed to do like mikey really went against splinter on that and it was again one of those emotional mikey moments where like mm -hmm. that finally got through to splinter but like we'll take care of the kids and 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 raise them um but like Karai's like, listen, that's what's going to happen. You know, that's how ninja clans work. Um, he's like, so he put his foot down and then she challenged him to that same honorable duel that uh, to the death that Splinter did to Shredder, but he denied it. And because of that, he spurned their, the, it was like such a dishonorable thing. She kind of declared war on him uh, and it led to like the whole city going to war, like I said. Um, in this, we should mention that the ooze has uh, regenerative properties I know that's how like uh, the Utrams have been like in stasis um, uh, and a lot of different things. So they were trying to get some, uh, Jenica becomes mortally wounded in that. Um, so they're trying to get some, some clean, like some ooze from some of the different places that have it. Cause there's a lot of different factions uh, that they set up, um, but they can't. And the only thing that they can do is do a blood transfusion with Leo, which saves her, but it mutates her into a turtle. So that's why if you see there's a fourth ninja or a fifth ninja turtle with yellow, uh, that's her. I remember when they announced that there's a female ninja turtle, um, everyone was mad because they remembered next mutation. And I'm like, the problem with the next mutation wasn't that it was a female turtle, it's just that it was bad. It's just that it was like, trash. Jenica was already a really likable character for a long mm -hmm. time that we knew. There's no reason it would have changed. It's just she's got an insane new status quo, which sets up all kinds of new story arcs she can do. Um, and they gave her, she just recently had one of those character-specific miniseries, and that was mm -hmm. really interesting where it dug more into her past before she joined the Foot Clan. Um, but she's been a really great addition. I really like her. She gets I liked her relationship yeah. with Casey. I liked how, you know, Casey reacted to Jenica becoming a turtle. That was pretty, because, you know, that would be shocking. pretty weird. Yeah, it would have <laughs> right? been, been a big, strange thing. And they didn't do it in the most tactful way. It was just kind of like, well, here's Jenica, and she's a turtle now uh, yeah um but, uh, but speaking no, she, of casey another one of my favorite moments uh, uh just general things in the book was uh casey's dad uh that was a oh. big surprise to me that he was hun and uh that there was there's been this like kind of attempted the, the, those characters butt heads so often and it's like he's definitely his father and it's they, they have a they have a more interesting relationship than just you know Han bad and <laughs> it's yeah. it's he's a big dumb brute but like there is definitely a part of him that loves his son but just can't reconcile that his son doesn't want to be a scumbag like him and i think yeah. that's that's a really interesting story and it's handled really well um and pretty much all of casey's relationships are really interesting and i'm i'm sad we haven't seen more of him lately but it makes sense yeah. given this, the current status quo and i'm curious to see where we eventually get back to on that because uh what's uh, i never remember the girl in the the, the techno suits name um oh, uh, Angel. Angel. yeah yeah um, well it's kind of the nobody suit from the old comics yeah alapex oh alapex oh, there's say, another talking about new characters yeah she's another a great new... one yeah she's uh, she's, she's a, awesome official she's a, member yeah she, yeah that's yes. right yeah she's officially in the club oh, that's, yeah. that's after issue 100 <laughs> uh, oh, nope. 
Well, you know, surprise. It's it's it wasn't it wasn't exactly a huge well, surprise been there from the beginning. So it's yeah. Okay. Well, they they've been teasing a, a romantic relationship with her and Raph. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but like yeah. she's a. We should mention she's an Arctic fox that the 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 Foot Clan mutated. They were experimenting with mutants. That's where that's where Bebop and Rocksteady come from. But they just love it and they love being bad guys. So they just, <laughs> which is part of the why they're so likable. They're just straight up bad guys. Yeah, they're um, just but, bad. But yeah, obviously, Alaplex has a change of heart uh, mm-hmm. and, and becomes one of their most stalwart uh, uh, companions and allies. And um, she had a, a big thing with the uh, what's a Kitsune, right? Like, that yeah, kind of her thing is Kitsune was kind of controlling her a lot. And and this kind of a fighting, fighting your. Uh, fighting your quote-unquote destiny of who you're supposed to be is something that they do a lot in this book uh i really loved it what they did with shredder where you know because that's one of those things you, you never really get a proper feel for like it's it's splinter and shredder being old friends always it never struck me as magneto professor xavier you know because like it didn't turn into this like a difference in ideals it's just shredder's a a jerk and <laughs> you kind of wonder how him and uh him and yoshi used to be friends but in this one, it's that he's like this reincarnation of this dragon demon and that Splinter helps him out in the afterlife to yeah. free himself. I can't wait to see where that goes because he's watching the turtles now. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. keeping his distance. That's the big like, thing is, is it, all right, we'll get into some of the big spoilers then because in issue 100, the dragon finally gets resummoned, uh, which brings uh, Rokusaki back to life. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, Splinter has to give his life to defeat it, and the turtles are now they've they've been without him really for s- uh, half the series because uh, they they became estranged from him when he took over the Foot Clan, mm-hmm. and they couldn't be a part of that. And they finally kind of reconnect with him, and and he dies, and now they need to forge their own path. Um, but also in the lead up to that, uh, Hob uh, Baxter Stockman's running for mayor, um, so at one of his uh, campaign rallies. Hob crashes it because he's kind of become like a mutants rights kind of character, um, which makes sense because in a lot of labs and stuff, like they're just horrible experiments. He's kind of had bad experiences with humans. Like he doesn't like humanity. Um, that's kind of one of the things that he and the turtles butt heads about. Um, like I said, he became in charge of the, the mute animals and Slash has been a really good, we'll get into Slash on his own. Uh, Slash. Uh, Slash was also really good. That's another great, great story. <laughs> but he creates a mutagen bomb and unleashes it on like a huge crowd of humans and like, I think it takes over a couple blocks of New York. Um, yeah. So all of a sudden there's just tons of humans that are mutants and it's become like a walled off slum city. Um, so that's kind of where, and then it's like, do the turtles get involved? Like, how do you fit into this new, it's a crazy new continuity and I, or, or new status quo rather. And I'm really excited to see where they take that. Cause that seems to be a big focus of the post issue 100 things that they're going to do. Um, but yeah, so Lots of crazy stuff happened at the end of issue 100. Um, City of War was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. There what was a, a build up too. Agent Bishop, that was a weird thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was Oh, my bizarre. God. How what was that? that? What was that about? <laughs> so he's kind of like, he's kind of like a, a kind of a, a foil for Krang. He's also kind of like a Yeah, it's like, what, mm-hmm. what was that thing? <laughs> that was an interesting way to take him. But yeah, he, t- he ties into yeah. to, to Slash. Whereas Slash, I think, was a uh, uh, who created Slash in this? Because I know he was another generic experiment. Uh, Wasn't he? Oh, was that this continuity where he was Raph's pet, or was that just in the 2012? No, that's that the yeah. Okay. In this, they find him, but he's kind of like a mindless monster. But they, but they eventually get through to him, and they, 
They kind of like deprogrammed something. Him. Like, didn't something happen where he becomes intelligent through like a secondary mutation kind of thing? Or something again, am I conflating that with the 2012 series? Something get through to him. Anyway, he becomes their friend and becomes like a really likable character and joins the mutant animals and like kind of becomes Hobbs like friend and Hob. It kind of softens Hob a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, they uh, uh, Agent Bishop and his like anti mutant anti alien group. Uh, murder the Earth him. Protection Force. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they kill him. Oh no, they don't. Well, they eventually do kill him, but they kind of take him. They may. I uh, think they, they may made actually him have, into a puppet. That I think was so they actually. Wrong. I think they actually created him, and then they kind of like wiped his brain and like took over his body, and then eventually made him into a bomb. Um, but yeah, their. I think their first big thing was uh, the Triceratons. Uh, I kind of loved them in this, where they were like kind of they. I, so the joke is we talk about Star Trek, specifically Deep Space Nine, all the time in the show. But the 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 Utrams, like in this, they use they're kind of like the um, the the founders in the Dominion, and they made the they kind of they took Triceratopsis from Earth, and through genetic manipulation, made them into their foot soldiers, like the Gem Hadar in Deep Space Nine. So they're kind of like just created to just like be soldiers and kill and like they kind of have like a Klingon-ish like warrior's code of ethics. Anyway, they, they after they, the Utrams are defeated and part of their deal, um, they would get like land appropriation and uh, from, from the neutrinos and the neutrinos were like, well, this is the planet you're from. You can just go back there. Unfortunately, it's earth and they set down in New York City and the turtles aren't there to like kind of help them out um so the 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 earth protection force then like does a full-on assault and it kind of becomes another war in the city eventually there's an island that the utrons have been uh uh terraforming with the technodrome that like people can't live the oxygen the, the atmosphere there's all different the, they move the uh triceratons there eventually they live with some of the last surviving utrons they kind of need to work together but like they have the Utrams don't like him because they're like, well, they're just stupid soldiers. And the, the other guys don't like him because they, you know, they enslaved us for years. And it's kind of an interesting impasse there. And it's, that was, uh, I think, something from uh, the uh, TMNT universe stories, if I'm not mistaken. And I haven't followed up on that. And it's really cool. And I want them to really bad. But now that kind of Krang's sort of kind of coming back, I think we'll probably touch on them again soon. But I know they had Donatello work as like, a, a, like an arbitrator between the two groups to try to work out um some peaceful the coexistence for them yeah. yeah um but yeah oh there's so much to talk about i can't believe it's only been like 100 issues <laughs> just there's just so many things we haven't even brought up yet i'm sure um yeah. it's a very sure. dense series yeah it's it, every issue something's good there's like there's like no wasted stuff and even in like the quote-unquote filler issues where it's like, like the turtles are kind of recuperating there's lots of great character building and stuff um Really good. Um, when the, a new a new issue comes out, it's like, oh, okay. There's a new as of this recording next Wednesday has a new issue, so I'm excited. I I just caught up. Uh, you know, um, ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited for you to catch up too, Kendall. I know you you you've only read up to issue 100. Yeah, yeah. I have a a couple like four more in my pile to read. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, is there anything else I'm missing? I'm sure I am. John, 
I'm sorry we haven't um, given you much opportunity to no, talk. No, it's okay. No, I, I've been listening because um, I, I started on the IDW series pretty late. Uh, I started around like issue 93. Um, but uh, to kind of like um, reiterate what Chris said before about the uh, the emotional standpoint of the series, um, post issue 100, it's been nothing but like an emotional uh, ride. Um, that's been pretty interesting. Like I don't think we've ever seen this. Uh, with the turtles um where um you know just so much is going on emotionally that uh it's it's kind of hard for them to to uh function the right way yeah it, it's it's like so they've, they're real full 3d characters and yeah. it's it's been wonderful and uh like i said i like i said i may not have been right gung-ho for it from the start but i was basically after the first six or so issues i was pretty on board it's been consistently great ever since um, yeah yeah oh it's so good John i will say not to spoil anything yeah. but uh the the last page i think on the previous so the most recent issue is 105 the last page is really interesting I'd have to, i just read it a couple of days ago but refresh my memory okay. i think i have it right um here. <laughs> close well, your eyes yeah, you're good. i don't want to spoil anything but uh I, Just I give think me something I'm pretty sure loose. it's the last page, um, but it's something to do with like a portal and um, oh, I remember now. Time travel. I do have it. The issue, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, but that yes. Was, uh, that's really cool, actually. Yeah. Really, really cool. It, it's funny because like up through issue 100, they kind of wrapped up all the big ongoing stories more or less. So you feel like, oh, where would you take it from here? But like. They've got lots of no, places they can so go. Much, there's yeah, lots there's of irons so in the fire with Krang and Leatherhead. That's a thing. Yeah. The, the, the current uh, yeah. status quo yeah. we alluded to is... It, what exactly is going on with Rokosaki, right? Yeah. With, what's, what is his deal? What are his current motiv- motivations besides doing Splinter right? Because like uh, in, and, cause, cause in, when, in Shredder and Hell, him and Splinter teaming up, it kind of made Shredder a good guy at they, the end of they it. Did. They did. So like, and he owes... He owes Yoshi. He owes him. He, he, <laughs> he's, you know, he's like, I owe you. And like, I can see him being like, listen, I'm going to take care of your family or whatever. But like, I can see them like kind of like a, an Avatar The Last Bearbender thing with Zuko. was like, well, you've tried to kill us so many times. Like, even though he's trying to like be their friend now. Or an even better analogy when Magneto runs the X-Men. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I'm excited to see that. Uh, me too. Me uh, too. Yeah. I feel like there's a... They, City at War kind of wiped uh, wiped away a lot of the the stories that, you know, while they're they're definitely done with a new take in this continuity, we've seen a lot of these things before. Um, so I'm always excited when things get shaken up, and I don't know what to expect. Like, good good guy Shredder, what? Yeah, um, Never. I guess it's a good segue. The last, the, the last big talking point I wanted to get to are our thoughts on the future of the franchise, not just IDW, but in general, because they just announced a new movie. Um, there's kind of no details on that right yet, yet, or you know, there's no new details on that yet, right? Just that's going to be all CGI. But uh, yeah, and like Seth Rogen's movie studio is supposed to oh, I didn't be involved see that. in the development. Yeah. Maybe it'll be good. I. Better him than uh, Michael Bay. So yeah. Um, Look, I'll take. I'll give anything a fair shake. You know, uh, Rise of TMNT is not my 
not my bag of tea, but uh... I, I will say this. All right. So I originally like Rise of TMNT. I like the designs. Uh, so I originally saw that. I was like, it's cool. It doesn't look like it's my thing. I saw one or two episodes. Uh, apparently they were bad because I was like, all right, this is just not my show. Kendall Cherry picked a bunch of episodes for me. That is a good show and it is worth watching. <laughs> they do something totally new. I'm super glad that they're able to do something so weird and different and they make it completely their own. Um, I think it might have my favorite version of Donatello in any version of this, of, of, the, of the character. Instead of just being kind of like a dweebyish nerd, he's like kind of confident and sarcastic. He's a little bit more like he is in the, the first movie. Um, and it's, it's fun. Like they're all different personalities and stuff. Like uh, they deal with yokai. It's much more mystic than sci-fi. It's, it's really, really cool. I, I can't believe I'm recommending it as hard as I am. Because a week ago, I would have been like, whatever, it's for kids. I don't care. I'm not the target audience. Yeah, that brings to... us back to that Uncle Iroh. So uh... Splinter in it is definitely a lot more like Uncle Iroh in that, uh, where he's kind of like fat. And like in the beginning, he seems like kind of like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's kind of training them like by watching like martial arts movies. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because there's an amazing spoilers in it. Um, but man... It's good. Like, I can't believe there's spoilers in a show that looks that silly. Hmm. Um, but no, I, I highly recommend it. I recommend kind of guess cherry picking it. I'm sure there's a guide. Because the, the couple episodes I saw, like, were bad. And I was like, I'm not watching this. Like, Yeah, there's crazy. some rough ones. But there's there's some fun ones. The, the showrunner of the uh, 2012 show was involved in the beginning of the development before he went over to do... Uh, one of the Star Wars cartoons. Um, so, you know, it had that good direction at the beginning. It's definitely different, um, but that's not always bad. It's It has some stinkers, but... At least the episodes are only like 11 minutes long, so you just blow through them when they're bad. Yeah, or just skip them. The good ones are great. The good ones are really good. It, 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 the animation in it is actually really good. People say it stinks. I think they just don't like the designs, the art style, which yeah. that's a personal taste thing. But it's, There's nothing, yeah, I, I yeah. can't say that it's not a well-made show, yeah. but there's something it, it's similar to, and I, I've, I've gotten crap for this before, and, and I feel bad that I've never been able to get into it, but like, um, uh, what was that? Uh, that Batman Brave and the Bold. I love uh, Brave and the Bull. It's one of those things that it showed itself to be really worthwhile. I've never been able to get into it. There's just something about it that doesn't click with me, but there's no question that it is a quality show. And I, th I think that's the situation with Rise of TMNT. Like I look at it and like, it's, it's just not, it's not my Ninja Turtles and that's fine. It doesn't have oh, to yeah, be. Yeah. I have plenty of Ninja Turtles. Like, and, uh, but it, it just, there, there's something about it that I can't, make I, I can't make myself get past and to get into it so and that's fine know. and you've got kids maybe you know maybe they'll be into it maybe you know them watching it maybe you'll get into it you know who the heck knows man i am showing them avatar right now though that's going great <laughs> i just saw avatar for the first time uh oh, i loved oh. it i did um, the same thing <laughs> i was afraid it wasn't gonna live up to the hype i just needed stuff to watch during the quarantine uh, and i was like you know everyone talks about this i was like whatever i'll give it a shot I tried watching it years ago in the beginning of it's a little like kitty. And I was like, it is. Yeah. I was like, maybe this is something I kind of needed to grow up with. 
uh because we were like a, i was like a full-on adult when that started mm-hmm. um i would say uh, that was a cool show to grow up with <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm kind of jealous of you guys yeah, yeah. i'm cool. i'm I'm kind of jealous of my kids on that re- yeah. in that respect right now because it's fun watching. You know, my my son's six, and and my my daughter's wow. three. She, Perfect my daughter, yeah. always identifies the villain. So every time the show starts, she stands up like for the the intro when they say that the Fire Nation attacks. She always jumps off the couch and does some fire. <laughs> it's adorable. That's like. Cute. She's always just like, yeah, Azula and, and whatnot. Like, okay, uh, that crazy show lives, that show lives up to the hype. Um, but I will say. I'm not going to recommend Rise of TMT nearly as much, but it's it's worth watching. I, I it's it's above it, like above what I would consider average for the turtles, um, but because it's so unique, I think it's definitely worth experiencing at least the the, the good episodes because it definitely has an ongoing story, believe it or not, that builds up toward because we watched the the end of it because I didn't care, but I was like, <laughs> wow, this is really cool, and it's legitimately yeah. funny. I was laughing at it and stuff. I I really. The episodes I saw, I had a good time. So there's yeah. something to that. And if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. Yeah, not everything has to be my thing. Read, read the IDW books. I'm glad it did something different. One of the things I'm always begging for is like, when you're going to reboot something, do something new. I've already mm-hmm. seen the, the 80s cartoon. I don't like for Turtles. I don't need to see the new ones. Like Thundercats Roar is not going to be a thing for me. I know that. But like, whatever, something different. I've got the I've got the '80s cartoon. They did like the serious adult version of it, and um, it's not like the '80s cartoon of Thundercats is high. Is any good? Yeah, <laughs> like we mentioned, it's like it, all the people missed yeah. off about She-Ra. Like, what yeah, was the we last missed, time you watched the original She-Ra? We talked about it in the episode three of the podcast because it was our queer representation episode, and She-Ra had just ended. And spoiler alert: still haven't uh, watched the last uh, last season, so don't don't tell me for me anymore. Because we were also watching that with the kids, but they kind of yeah. fell off of it for, oh, I forget what we were. I think well, we switched over to DuckTales for a bit, oh, DuckTales and now good. they're on Avatar. So it's like, we're going to get back to She-Ra, but it's like, the show got a lot more serious, and then the kids yeah. got a lot less interested in it. Me yeah. and Karen, my wife, were just like, but I want to see what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was about to say, uh, not to give too much away, but I'm kind of waiting for someone to catch up on DuckTales, and we're going to do a DuckTales episode of the show because I am super into the Disney ducks and there's so much to talk about with that show. It's so but, good. Uh, it's but, stupid. Good. But I mentioned <laughs> in, in our queer representation episode, uh, one of our customers came in and uh, cause she was like, I never cared about He-Man. I didn't care about she I was like, the show looks like whatever. I was like, it's fine. But uh, someone came in and was telling me the show looked too gay to watch. I'm like, Hey, what does that even mean? And B have you seen He-Man? <laughs> it's like the gayest show that's ever existed. Um, excuse too gay to watch but like the, the original <laughs> series is also like thinly veiled toy commercial oh my the, god the characters seriously. are all super flat so it's like whatever i was kind of interested in maybe watching this so like what i kind of spite watched it um and then like yeah there's definitely gay characters in it so i love that double trouble to use they them pronouns because he's a well they, i'm now i'm not using them but they're, they're a shapeshifter and they can go uh-huh. for people you know they're either gender so it kind of made sense it's i a, love it's bo's a, dads <laughs> bo's yeah, bo, dads, bo are two so, dads oh my but god like they're him, so great they're so fantastic but he kind of but he comes out to them as an adventure and it's like a, analogous to coming out to your parents as, as mm-hmm. homosexual it's a good show um if you don't want to have time to watch the whole thing uh just go back and listen to the queer representation episode of this podcast um we talked about it a bit because that was one of the big things I wanted to talk about in that episode. But like, yeah, do something new with it. Like, I like seeing something different. And uh, 
especially a lot of these shows. The only reason the original Ninja Turtles show existed was to so Playmates would make a toy line for the because they wanted a toy line for the comics. That's why the original Turtles toys like they don't have pupils. They're kind of mean looking. Like they're a little bit more like the comic books. Question: um, Speaking of doing something new, that was um, something in the 2012 cartoon that really impressed me. Was um, was that ever a thing in the comics with Karai was actually Splinter's daughter? No, no, because mm-hmm. that, that surprised the heck out of me, and that was an yeah. awesome twist. In the original comic run, Karai's not introduced until the very last story arc, and all she is is like a different leader of the Foot Clan. She's nobody's daughter. Yeah, she's just she's the le- just... leader of the J- Japanese wing or something of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. She shows up after they defeat the Foot Clan here, like, hey, I'm going to just kind of take this over and we're just going to leave you alone. And then it just ended. Uh, but they, yeah. they've done different things with Karai. She was Shredder in the IDW comics, right? I know that they made her... In the, in the 2K3. Didn't she become... Adam, you've been reading the reprints. Uh... Wasn't she Shredder in the IDW comics as well? Do you mean the Image comics? Oh, image comics. I'm sorry. Yes, I was gonna say. Oh, image. Oh, uh, let me see. She. Well, no spoilers. She's back in it, and now actually yeah. the volume three they're doing. They're actually finishing the last three issues they never got to do. I was gonna say that's again IDW's kind of killing it with the license. Yeah, which stuff. is pretty yeah. sweet. But yeah, they have this whole thing. There's a Lady Shredder, and then there's. You know, they're still keeping a mystery in who's who and everything. Okay, I, there's a lady shredder. That's I might have thought it was cry. I know she takes yeah, over. Yeah, she definitely the, pops the, in. Yeah, she takes over the as the new shredder for a little while in the two K three cartoons. Yeah, but she became that shredder's adopted daughter. According to Turtlepedia, I believe she does don the old shredder armor in the Mirage uh, series at some point. Maybe it was volume two. I didn't read. I don't know much about volume two. Yeah, three's fun. It's just like it's very '90s and so it's a little blocky with the. Oh, it's 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 fun. '90s image. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it crosses over a Savage Dragon and everything. Yeah, good old Savage Dragon. Yeah, the flaming care. Don't forget about him. Oh, is he in that too? Not in that one, but it, they did a crossover with them too. It's like what? Yeah. It a crossover with everything but Daredevil. Yeah, come on, guys. Marvel. Oh, no. Oh uh, man, there's so much cool stuff out there. It, I'm not a big fan of the the image comics, but I do think it's awesome that it's ending. It's getting a conclusion because for people that were into it, or you know, like they finally like it's like 20 years later and you get a conclusion. I'm never going to get a conclusion with Volume Four Mirage. I think at this point, <laughs> they put out one page that kind of serves as a wrap up, but it's not the same. It's not the same. I do. I am very interested to see what uh, the last Ronin is going to be. Oh yeah, last uh, yeah, Eastman yeah, and Laird are back together. Mm. Uh, so. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if that served as a, a true conclusion to the Mirage continuity. I'd be. I would be very okay with that. But even if it's own its own thing, that's just cool that it exists. You know. Yeah, I'm glad they're back together doing stuff. Is that going to be like a one issue or a mini series? I think it's five. I says the guy who works the comic store. I should know, but yeah. I think uh, it's five. And the first one's going to be uh, oversized too. I think or something. Or oh yeah, special size. Yeah, let's ch- double check. I think I, I saw it was oversized. So I was like, oh, maybe they're just doing like a special one shot. But yeah, I, th- I do think it is a five issue mini. Yeah, and for the but super uh, collectors, there's like forty plus covers, varying covers. Uh, and I ain't doing that. <laughs> I'm gonna pick. 
either the base one or just one that looks cool and I'm yeah. going to be done with it. Whatever you get from me, Scott, one or, one or two. That's all I'm getting. Yeah, for whatever East, because I know you usually get all the covers for all the books, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, when we get a little bit closer, I'll tell you what we can get and we'll figure that out. Um, but I have something you guys are interested in coming to the store and we can uh, get you guys set up with that, uh, with a pull box and stuff. But um, no, Turtles is very good. Uh, if you're interested in the IDW books, if any of this sounded cool, this is a good time to jump in. Even though the five issues past issue 100, uh, uh, they're still really easy to jump in. Basically, brand new status quo. Like, what a great place to jump in. Um, I was going to say, when we do our, our, ta- our pen and paper RPG, this might be a good place to set it because it's just a good excuse to have a bunch of mutants now out of nowhere. Uh. I was thinking about that. I knew when we were talking about do playing that you hadn't read, so I didn't catch. You hadn't uh. quite cut up. Yes, yeah, so I didn't well, want to bring it up. Thanks for waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really want to play that game. We might do, uh, we might, we might record it and put it up on this channel here. Uh, that might be fun to do because I want to do more tabletop stuff because I definitely have a sequel to Dadlands in mind uh, that I want to play really bad. But uh, we just need to find time to do that. But um, guys, what are you guys thinking about the future here? Uh, John, you're the guy who came in most recently. Um, mm-hmm. So do you think you came in at a good time? Are you excited for what's coming up? Oh, yeah. Um to put this in like the, the best term I can without spoiling anything, uh, I love what they did to kind of honor Splendor's legacy, so to speak. Um, I just I just think that's like that's so cool, and again, it ties in with like the last page of the the most recent issue, um, and I'm I'm super excited, and I think for anybody who hasn't read the IDW series, now is a definitely a, a good time to to kind of you know hop on and and, and ride it because. Or I'm sorry, read it because uh, you know it, it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm very. This is the most excited I've been for like a comic book in a while, uh, where it's left off, uh, which is something you know yeah. I, I don't. I definitely don't say it about Marvel and DC books anymore, and I'm for a while. Uh, so you know, yeah, I think it's the book I look forward to the most now, because uh, it's 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 been really good, and uh, it's really mm-hmm. excited. Like we're in uncharted territory now. Yeah. Even though we have the like a lot of characters that are the base is comes from other stuff like you were talking about, you know, Leatherhead and Krang and stuff, but like I've ne- I've never seen them like this before. Um the turtles I've never seen in this position before. Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of the characters yeah. they've never yeah. been like this. So this is something yeah. new. Um yeah. it's different. Um it's definitely more modern. Um and it's just kind of a new environment for the turtles and um the, the new characters that have come around. I haven't really felt this way since uh, I don't know how many of you guys have, I know Ken and I were reading Mirage Volume 4 at the same time. I don't know how many of you guys read that, but uh, there's a part in that where like aliens and stuff become like revealed to humanity, like the Utrams set up like a space port in New York. So people become accustomed to seeing like aliens. So like the turtles and stuff just walk around and kind of are a part of society now. This is kind of the first time I felt something like that since then. But I will say the turtles also were no longer teenagers. They had grown up a bit and were kind of moving on and doing their own things. Like they weren't doing the same things that they had been doing uh, in that. But that was a good series too. I really liked volume four. I just wish it had an end. It was the way it ended. Like they were all in really weird places. Yeah. Michael had always like, becoming a robot. Donatello's a robot. <laughs> Raphael was a giant mutant turtle monster. Well, I guess technically Donatello was tiny. He was shrunk, but he was in a robot suit. Michelangelo was in space and had a 
bunch of kids with another, like not a triceraton, but another ceratopsian like humanoid race. It was weird. And then it just ended. Uh, Leonardo was in the Battle Nexus, and it seemed like that was the 2K3 Shredder that was there. So they were setting up all this cool, weird stuff, and then it just stopped. Then they sold it to Nickelodeon, and, you know. But because of that, we got this series, and as much as I liked Volume 4, I like this one better. Yeah. I would love to see what was up with that Battle Nexus, though. The Battle Nexus was looking so cool. I think Usagi was going to show up. Yeah. Uh, I love Usagi. As a, as a related note, the Asagi Ujimbo comics are also very good. I recommend yeah. them as well. Um, that's, that's also been a consistently very good book, but because Stan Sakai writes and draws it and he's been getting up in years, it comes out less frequently than I would prefer. Because at least with Turtles, like we have different artists, like every couple, you know, every story or whatever. You know, like a regular superhero comic, like they change up the artists. So that way people can don't get burned out. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining me so much. Uh, any excuse to talk turtles, um, I'm down for. And I know Same I've been here. wanting to kind of dig into this with some of you guys specifically. Um, uh, is there any, uh, do you guys have any uh, online uh, handles or things you would like to promote? Uh, you know, I'll give you guys a chance to do that now. Who wants to go first? I'll say you spoke first. Go first. Go first. Uh, all right. Well, I'm uh, I'm the host of the Stone Age Gamer podcast. I work for StoneAgeGamer.com. It's an online uh, video game retailer. We sell uh, flashcards and stuff like that. And I, I host their podcast. I write their blog. I am also a staff writer for Nintendo Force Magazine, which is a uh, physical magazine. It's uh, distributed worldwide. They have posters and stuff. And their most recent issue, there was a, an actual origami peach that you could fold into uh, in the issue that you could get. So if you like That's physical... Awesome physical goods and uh, nintendo then check out nintendo force and uh, check out the stone Age gamer podcast uh hosted by uh, geekade.com which is a site that i do other stuff for and i'm busy <laughs> yeah it's good to be busy i was on an episode of that once yes yeah scott yeah. Uh, guest on stone Age gamer once we'll have to yeah. have to get you on again sometime yeah man whenever i i'm gonna i'm planning uh not to give too much away but there are some plans in the works to finally do some video game related episodes of this uh podcast oh, cool i cool. i, I I've got some Super Nintendo stuff I want to talk about, so I might reach out to you. I'm definitely going to reach out. You're way more knowledgeable about this stuff, too, because I definitely want to do an episode on uh, obscure retro games that are great, <laughs> some cool. hidden gem stuff. Nice. Um, but, yeah, uh, if anyone else has something they would like to plug real quick. Uh, I'll plug the story, Level Up. You know, so, yeah, John and I both work at Level Up Entertainment. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, shop uh, at Level Up. It's an amazing store. Yeah, uh, levelupentertainment.com is our, our main site. Um, we've been doing a lot of stuff to get ready, you know, to, to be coronavirus ready uh, and safe. We were very regular in cleaning the store. I've become a huge germaphobe, so I, I'm very much on it. But uh, you can, if you go to our website, you can also shop online. And we can do, we can either mail it to you or you can pick curbside pickup. If you want, like the same day, I can bring out your comics to you or your video games or whatever you want to get. Um, we do subscription services. Come in. You can buy it at the IDW Turtles comics. Um we're also on like Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. Just look for level up entertainment and you'll find us. Um, but Facebook, you know, we're on Facebook and all that stuff, but yeah, uh, we're good there. I know Kendall, uh, you probably have something you would like to plug. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, me, I do a comic book with my wife. Uh, it's called star savior bunny. If you're a fan of, uh, sailor moon or the unbeatable squirrel girl comic, uh, I think it'd be up your alley. Um, Google it. You can find it. The whole thing's online. Uh, 
but also I think there might be some issues available at uh, level up. I don't remember what we have offhand. I do know we have some issues of it. Uh, if you, again, if you're a fan of print media. Uh, you may, uh, sometimes we do little mini comics and I'll just uh, sneak into level up and just slide them between some pages of some uh, <laughs> trades that I like. So you might find a surprise. Definitely shop at the store. Yeah. And then Adam, do you have any like Twitter or anything you no, like to use? No, just, just, just a comic book enthusiast. And, uh, no, just, no. All right. Say, if I didn't have the store, I definitely wouldn't have anything yeah. and pay attention to it. So but I if I do, it. I'll let you know. Yeah, we'll definitely plug you. But uh, you can come see you in the store, occasionally come in and buy some stuff. You were in yeah. today, and uh, you guys played some pinball. We got pinball yeah. again. Yeah, and if, yeah, if you guys listen, Level Up's always a great place to go. Great guys, and... Uh, I'm not not fishing for all this stuff, but I'll take it. Hey, it's like those videos of the fish that just jump in the boat. I'm like, all right, whatever. Hey, talking to a friend of mine mine who lives up in North Jersey, and he uh, he always buys like a mountain of games every time he comes to visit me. I mean, obviously, hasn't in a long time because of COVID. But my friend Mike, uh, he lives up in North Jersey, right by a digital. I did not know he knew you. I know him, yeah, because he comes in. Buys a big stack of things. Yeah, my, Mike Mike Sheridan. He comes in and uh yeah. and buys stuff. He's a super cool guy. Um, he he streams stuff online from time to time. But he lives right by Digital Press in uh, in Clifton, and that mm. if you've never been there before, it's one of the best retro gaming stores in the country. Uh, and he still loves coming by Level Up. Whenever he comes to see me, they gotta go to Level Up and see what kind of weird games they got in stock. And he always leaves with a bunch of. Whatever the worst, like two dollar garbage you've got, uh, we've, your we've store. got plenty of that. <laughs> he I was just about to say, walks I, out the door with a bunch. I say it every day. It's like I don't know what's gonna walk through my door any given day. Like sometimes they get the craziest stuff. Like just randomly, you're at Little Samson one day, and it's just like Jesus. But then we usually get like, like I like I bought our copy of Samurai Zombie Nation like years ago because it just was sitting there forever. Like I knew what it was, but the average person now it's like a super expensive game. Um, no, we have, we've tried to find some really cool stuff. We're not buying too much stuff right now um, because of COVID and like, there's a lot of other things going on. Um, one of the things I guess I should follow up because I mentioned in the last non-live episode that our, our, one of our owners, Greg, was uh, expecting a baby. I can report that they've since had her. Uh, Sadie is her name. Um, I don't know the weight or anything because Greg doesn't tell anyone anything, but <laughs> I know he's going to be coming up. We're going to have a baseball episode pretty soon once the new season starts. Uh, he and Harry and our friend Joey are big baseball fans. I'm going to be in that one mostly just to hit record on the on the, the conversation. <laughs> but it's really fun listening to them talk about it. Um, but yeah, no, so you know, congratulations to, to Greg and his wife Mo. I know they're uh, she and she and baby are still recovering. So Greg's not been at the store for a little bit. Yeah, he's on paternity leave. His planned paternity leave just so happened to be the same day we could start opening back up. So uh, it's, it's been interesting not having Greg in the store, but you know, you know, congratulations to them, but I guess that'll wrap us up for this episode. Uh, if you have a topic you'd like to see us tackle in a future episode, please leave a comment or contact us at contact at level up entertainment.com. Our next, uh, our topic next week will be uh, the legend of Zelda. What we hope we see in breath of the wild too. Uh, until then uh, be safe out there.